0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
2: Okay, welcome to the show. It is Greeny here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM 80, your smart speaker. We are presented by Progressive Insurance along with Hembo. Evan Cohen in for Greeny today. And uh, right off the bat... We have the biggest newsmaker at ESPN in the last couple of days. Mike Tannenbaum is joining us. Did you say anything crazy today? I was on the air on Unsportsmanlike
0: while you were on Get Up. Did you make up any trades today? Well, we got a bunch of trades. Actually, the one that's probably most interesting that I think is a great conversation is Trent McDuffie, the talented corner for uh, Kansas City, being traded straight up to the Miami Dolphins for Jalen Waddle. So, from a, the Dolphins... Oh, you really did make up a trade, right? <laughs> You're unbelievable. I love it. Keep going. Yeah, so... Miami's going to cut Xavier Howard because of age and injury. They need a corner opposite Jalen Ramsey. They have Tyreek Hill. And then if you're looking at it from a cheap perspective, they're going to tag with Jerry Seed. They have a couple other younger corners in Jalen Watson and Josh Williams. They need a number one receiver. So two great young players being traded for one another.
2: So this is where I'm glad you did this. I didn't know you were actually doing this. This is where I am abnormal relative to everyone else with the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the only one that seems to think they are built perfectly. I would not add anyone on offense for any value off of my defense. I'm paying everybody on defense. I'm not making that trade that you just said. I would never pay wide receivers if I have Patrick Mahomes. Why would I do that? I know that Jeff Darlington today, and we're going to get into this as as Greeny um, continues here, said that with the Chiefs, he'd rather have Mike Evans and Chris Jones. I would rather have Hembo and I at wide receiver than not pay guys on defense. Give me the all-time great quarterback. Give me the all-time great coach. Give me the all-time great tight end and pay my defense. I'm good, Mike. You're not, obviously, on this. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, actually, it makes a lot of sense, but my, my point is like, you, wanna, you want a difference maker at wide receiver. They haven't had one. I think Rasheed Rice is young ascending. I think you could pick up wide receivers. I think Trent McDuffie is a star. I loved him at Washington. I thought... New England was going to draft him. I was surprised when Coach Belichick actually made the trade that allowed Kansas City to get him. But if I'm Kansas City, this is a guy, because of his run after catch, could really make a big difference, and the cupboard isn't bare on defense. So I agree with your point. they got to address the defense, but I, you're keeping Chris Jones in this scenario, and you're also getting a home run hitter.
3: See, Evan, the reason I agree with Tannenbaum on this is because when he said
2: it versus what I said.
3: Well, because winning the Super Bowl with the 15th-ranked offense, which is what Kansas City was during the regular season, is not a replicable strategy. And the reason why I think now is a great time to go get Patrick Mahomes another weapon is because Travis Kelsey is not getting younger. The reason you could afford to play this way this year is because we just saw and are seeing the tail end of his prime. But tight ends can historically fall off a cliff, And it would not surprise me at all if Travis Kelsey is approaching that precipice. And you don't want to be in a situation where all of a sudden his skill set goes. You bring back basically that same wide receiver room. Your defense naturally regresses some because that's less sticky year over year. And all of a sudden, you're not nearly as good
2: as you thought you might be. I understand what you're saying, but then you have to follow that up with this. Mm. Do you believe that the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl during a down year this year? I do.
0: Yeah, I I think it was a transition year, but yeah, they were not – yeah, I would agree with that. Because if you're saying 15th-ranked offense is not replicable moving forward,
2: then you're saying they had a unit of the three that was not good enough to win a Super Bowl. And they won the Super Bowl. And they still won the Super Bowl. Right, so I'm not asking for them to be the first-ranked offense. I'm asking them to say what wide receiver wants to come in there for – Pennies on the do- I mean, Mike, you've been through this a million times. When you have a team that, that is that good, your Jets, with that defense, you probably had guys calling you saying, can I join the defense because of how good they are? I don't care what I make. I assume that's going to happen with Kansas City, no?
0: Yeah, it's called the RO Association. We saw with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. A- absolutely. And there'll be some receiver out there. I'm not saying it's Mike Evans, but there'll be a BB-plus receiver that's out there that doesn't get what they expected and say, hey, on a one-year deal, where can I invest for a year? 2024 Chiefs. That does make sense.
3: At the very beginning of this conversation, when you pitched your Trent McDuffie for Jalen Waddle trade, what you said was, I'm going to tag LeJaria Sneed. And so, if we're operating under the assumption that you're either going to re-sign Chris Jones or let him walk, is that a place, as a GM, you really want to occupy, given how important he obviously is towards your defense?
0: Yeah, so basically, I, I'm assuming we're getting a deal done, because I'm telling Chris Jones, like, we're going to do a B-plus deal. You're not going in front of Aaron Donald, but... We're not going to deal with the tag, so we're going to extend Chris Jones and we're going to tag LeJarius Sneed. I think that's job 1 and 1A Hmm. for this Chiefs defense.
2: Talking with Mike Tannenbaum here on Greeny, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen in for Greeny today, ESPN, NFL front office insider. So walk us through what today is like. So you're a general manager. Today's the first day you could franchise players, which means you keep them, in essence, on a one-year deal at an average of the top five of that position in the sport. What is today like for a GM?
0: Yeah, you're trying to over-communicate. So, you know, for Brett Veach, you know, he had about 10 minutes to celebrate the Super Bowl, and now he's telling the agents for both Chris Jones and LeJerry Seed, like, we are going to tag you. Like, we are going to tag you. The deadline is now, you know, a couple weeks away. So let's work really hard at a deal that we both like but don't love because the alternative is you're here on a one-year deal. And by the way, the biggest pressure you feel internally, and I think a lot of people misunderstand this from a GM perspective, is the pressure that players put on you. Like every five minutes, that's Patrick Mahomes at the door. Hey, are those deals done yet? Hey, are those deals done yet? Those guys will have to be back. It's not the agent. It's not the media. It's someone like I always felt such an incredible responsibility to the other men and women in the building, to the players that I was didn't want to be the one to let them down. And I'm sure Brett Beach feels that way. Like we have a chance to like legitimately to make history the three Pete. And it begins with me and making sure that these two great players on defense don't leave.
2: That's a positive pressure to have, right? Like, if you have that, that level of communication, like Brent Veach, the GM of the the Chiefs, would have with with Mahomes, that's a great thing. I think about it the other way. Like, Aaron Rodgers famously just goes silent during the offseason. How do you operate if that's the case if you're a general manager?
0: Yeah, well, look – it's, it's all about relationships and equity in the relationship. And, and I would talk to players like it goes back to even like when you hire people, like I, I've been through head coaching searches where I would ask Ryan Tannehill or other quarterbacks, hey, I want you to meet with these prospective coaching candidates. You're not picking the coach, but we respect your opinion. So I think you do what you can in the relationship ahead of time so they don't go silent on you. And again, it's hard for us to reconstruct what happened in Green Bay, but obviously Aaron Rodgers, fair or unfair was Perceived to be aggrieved in Green Bay.
3: Enough of this uh, interpersonal stuff, if you don't mind. Can I ask you a a real football question here? No apologies, Evan. The relationships are seemingly very important. But a football question for my GM. (laughs) Chris Jones, free agent, of course. Legereus Sneed, free agent, of course. And the Chiefs have significant holes at the wide receiver position. When you are evaluating not just who you have in your building, but the, the... how easy it is to backfill those positions, and how you prioritize on your that on your roster. How is that math done in the office of a general manager? Because you're not just considering who I have and what he might cost, but also how easy it might be to find an adequate replacement.
0: Yeah, replacement cost, absolutely. And that's why you know we keep talking about like the running back position, like Saquon Barkley, Josh. They're great players, guys, but supply and demand is there's way too much supply, and when it comes down to like Chris Jones, LeJerry C, one of the tiebreakers would be is it's harder to find Chris Jones than mm. Jerry Sneed. And certainly at the receiver position, you could find this draft is loaded, loaded with wide receivers.
2: Yeah, I have a blanket statement, and you guys may hate it. You want to take interpersonal stuff out and any human elements out of this, like Please. you want to do. Mm. I would never pay wide receivers, and I would never pay running backs. I would never pay if I have an A level quarterback, I'm, not, I'm paying him to make B level wide receivers A. If I don't have an A level quarterback, I am not paying wide receivers to make him an A level quarterback.
0: I I don't feel good when you use the word never because there's always exceptions. So I understand, but we're we're on the radio, Mike. (laughs) 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 And by the way, I will never be
2: an NFL general manager, so don't worry about that. I can say I will never do anything. I will never give Patrick Mahomes a contract because I'll never be – So as a general rule,
3: as a general rule. Yeah, like when
2: he had Ryan Tannehill in Miami, Mm because this is uh, in many ways what I would say, that's it, I'm done. Because I don't believe Ryan Tannehill can outperform the contract. I don't believe he's an A quarterback. And I don't believe that paying A receivers to make him better is ever going to work.
0: Yeah, but you see, the inverse of that is, is the part of the analysis that sometimes, especially when we talk about, like, Dak Prescott. Look, I think Dak, Ryan Tannehill's prime, probably wasn't as good as Dak, but the point still is the same, which is if you say, like, well, we're not going to pay Dak Prescott or he's not worth $55 million, that's fine. The inverse is who's playing quarterback, and how much is that player going to cost? And unless you can answer both of those questions, all of a sudden, Dak Prescott doesn't look so bad.
2: So I do think Dak can be an A-level quarterback. Hmm. I do think C.D. Lamb is awesome, and I wouldn't pay him. Because I think I can find wouldn't
0: him. Wouldn't pay Lamb?
2: I wouldn't pay Lamb. And he's awesome. Like, if I have a quarter – what? again, it goes back to the initial conversation we had here when you brought up the hypothetical Miami-Kansas uh, City trade. When I have Patrick Mahomes – you could say I'm taking him for granted. I would say I'm smart in my evaluations of him because he is arguably the second best quarterback to ever live. I don't need to waste money on guys that he's going to get better. That He's going to make people better than they ever realized they could be. I don't have to pay them for that. I'm paying him for that.
0: That's my point. Right, but the other part of the point is like to maximize what he can do, and I agree to a certain extent, Evan, which is the definition of greatness is to make those around you better, which clearly Patrick Mahomes has done, but – to Hembo's point, where you're only fifteenth on offense, like to put someone like a J- uh, Jalen Waddle around him, where a lot of where they're getting the ball out of his hands a lot quicker, Jalen Waddle is a great run after catch player
3: so you you've been following the Patriots as closely as anyone I know for the duration of the dynasty mm-hmm. if you were giving advice to the Kansas City Chiefs for how to sustain theirs what what kernels did you pick up during Are that time? Are you asking me? I'm asking you. Your you know, obser- sitting here. Your observations. But I've already asked him questions about not people. I'm asking you questions about people. Okay. So, so what, what do you think was the sort of thread of commonality aside, of course, from Belichick and Brady philosophically during that time that enabled them to have a two-decade run of prominence?
2: Yeah, I think, I think the NFL is simplified into one thing. Do you have a quarterback that can outperform his contracts at all times? You can pay Patrick Mahomes $100 million a year, and I think he can outperform that. If you don't have a quarterback that can't outperform his contract, I don't know how you build the rest of the team.
0: Yeah, you know what's interesting about that? One of the many sources of consternation being on the other side of that dynasty, so I'm going to get into my feelings here, <laughs> Please was freaking F and Tom Brady having the contract he had. So not only was he great, but he left money on the table, which really became a force multiplier. You know, we'll never know, but would things have been differently if he took an outsized Part of the cap, I think they probably would have won, maybe as much, maybe a little bit less. But that really was to their competitive advantage when you know guys like Peyton Manning took all that he deserved, and it just made those teams not have the depth that New England did. So am I, because I understand that this may be the case. Am I warped in my fandom of
2: Brady and Belichick that what I'm actually suggesting is what they did for twenty years? So I'm playing the result, and that not every team can operate this way. One team can, Kansas City.
0: Yeah, but again, I think a big part of that was that Tom Brady purposely left money on the table. I think Don Yee – again, Tom Brady's making the decisions Don Yee's executing it. his agent, but when you have the best player in the sport taking a below-value deal, that is an immeasurably helpful – maybe the best example of that right now, guys, is Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy allows you to go trade for Christian McCaffrey. He allows you to trade for Chase Young, and in a year when – he's going to get at least a $40 million raise. A lot of those players are going to have to graduate. And
3: from your experience, sorry, Evan, from your experience, did you find the quarterbacks on your rosters to be amenable to the things that that you wanted to do and and were willing to work with you? Or is that an exception to the rule?
0: It's more of an exception to the rule. But again, I think going back to what we talked about earlier with Aaron Rodgers is you, you really just have to be the point guard of information. Say, hey, like for every dollar you take, like, when the, the right guard is a third-round pick on opening day, whiffs and knocks you on your ass, remember this conversation, our really good guard's going to graduate because we have to pay you. So the right guard will be fine after a while, but you're going to get hit because the right guard's going to be a rookie.
2: Fascinating conversation here with Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN front office insider here in Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen, in for Greeney.
0: Can we say ass, by the way?
2: You've said it three times. To- you said the second word on our show yesterday, by the way. I don't know if you know, even know you said that. Um, anyway. <laughs> Does so, that put me on double secret probation? The improvised? second no. word? I don't want to do this, Hembo, because that it, what he's saying is we can't...
3: Look, I'm, I'm a church kid. I'm, I'm ignorant to these matters. You might have to, you have to clarify in the break. Well, Shabbat Shalom.
2: Okay, so, uh, by the way, there is some breaking news. Matthew, Amen. Matthew Slater has announced his retirement from New England. Uh, posted a farewell message on their um, Twitter about 10 minutes ago. Ten-time Pro Bowler. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Devin Hester was a guest on Light this morning. Matthew Slater should follow in his lead of being in the Hall of Fame. That guy's one of the great players at his position in history. Mike, I want to finish with this. Yesterday, you created a huge stir around. Right your Russell Wilson to the Jets idea. I think conceptually, it actually makes a ton of sense if you take out names. The Jets need a proven starting quarterback to be their backup quarterback. Russell Wilson needs an opportunity, and I don't know that that would necessarily be an opportunity for him. Am I nuts to think that all of you guys are nuts, thinking that there is no opportunity for Russell Wilson?
0: Well, it's interesting. I mean, we, we have two credible guys in both Tim Hasselbeck and Dan Graziano who think that he may not have any opportunity, so my point was simply... At a million dollars, because he's going to be at the minimum, the Jets desperately need to upgrade over Zach Wilson to have a backup because I think it's unreasonable that Aaron Rodgers, at 41 years old, coming off an Achilles plays in 17 games. And that was really the genesis of the idea.
2: So I'll go a step in a different direction. If I can get Russell Wilson at a million dollars or $2 million a year, there are players in this league that are current starting quarterbacks that I would choose Russell Wilson over instead of giving them a long-term contract at that position. There are, I will bring up one of them. Am I sure I want to go 40 to 45 for Tua, or would I rather go $2 million for Russell Wilson for one year?
0: It's a great discussion. How about Daniel Jones at 36? How about where
2: he was once, Geno Smith at 12, versus Russell Wilson coming back at one, knowing I could probably get value by trading Geno Smith. I just, am I sure I'm ready to write Russell Wilson off when he actually provides the ultimate bridge year, and what if he's good? There's a lot of guys you can't actually project to be good. He's one of them that you think... Could all right? Who knew we need an FCC sensor for Mike Tanabam? But tremendous <laughs> job. Uh, sorry to Hembo that we talk too much about human emotion.
3: I bleep and love you, bud.
2: Yeah, uh, Mike Tanabam, of course. Uh, <laughs> at real Tanabam on Twitter, ESPN NFL Front Office Insider. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to save money when you bundle your auto policy with home, condo, or renters. You'll earn a multi-policy discount. Easy to bundle. Easy to save. Visit Progressive.com. Coming up. A shocking omission from one NBA superstar's ideal current starting five. That is after this word from AutoZone has free services to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. The AutoZone Fix Finder service not only identifies the right check engine light code, but also helps identify the most likely cause of the check engine light being on. The information provided by the free AutoZone Fix Finder service is verified by data from over 5.5 million ASC certified technicians. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone.
4: Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you gotta check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxalaner, moxidectin, and Pyrantol chewable tablets. Nexgard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious, beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders, dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Next guard is a registered trademark of Boehringer Ingelheim, Animal Health France, used under license. 2024 Boehringer Ingelheim Animal Health USA Incorporated, Duluth, Georgia, all rights reserved. Shopping for Father's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Father's Day. Whether you're shopping for your brother's first Father's Day or your renaissance man grandpa whose interests are all over the map, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to 100 bucks and over. You can also sort by category like cologne, watches, and more, or gift lists like items for the grill master or the golfer you can also get top tech from beats headphones to jbl portable speakers or if you're looking for top brands you'll find gifts from calvin klein polo ralph Lauren, and columbia so what are you waiting for father's day is june 16th and it will be here before you know it macy's offers the ultimate gift guide to make selecting something special for dad incredibly easy this year head to macy's.com giftfinder today that's macy's.com giftfinder
1: Greeney, the podcast.
2: Greedy on ESPN Radio, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen with you. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You know, for those who were not with us for the first 15 minutes or so of our show, I think we had a really interesting, unique conversation with Mike Tannenbaum, a former NFL GM. And you got very bothered any time we brought up human emotion of conversation and the way in which people operate. Yeah, because Why?
3: it's... It's completely irrelevant to doing that job. Or at least How it should be. How is that possible? Because logic and emotion are in different buckets. And the more times we dip into our emotional bucket when making logical decisions, we mess up. I understand that, that human emotion is a thing. I, I don't happen to have any, but it's a, it's a thing. You
2: have no human emotion.
3: I have, I have less emotion. I emote less often than anyone that I know. I would, I would put it that way.
2: You emote... Like, when was the last time you cried? Uh, maybe a funeral? For non-life death. For just, hey, that's an emotional moment. I saw a television show, a movie. Somebody said something to me that made me tear up. I don't, I don't recall ever having cried... In your life. ...for a non-death. No movie has ever emoted <laughs> tears from you. No
3: movie, no, no Eagles winning the Super Bowl, Phillies winning the World Series. I have not been brought to tears... Uh, in a non-death in my in my conscious life
2: and are you happy about that
3: I, I would be happy if I could feel happiness I suppose but you don't <laughs> feel happiness I, so like
2: when you're smiling right now yeah. that, that, that's not happy I guess that's that masking I don't
3: No, it's not masking anything I mean I, I wouldn't describe it as happiness I mean I would just describe it as being my state of being at this exact time perhaps glee but happiness is a happiness is a high bar to clear and it's not one that i often do it sounds like you have a lot of
5: emotions you just don't know what they are when they're happening and it sounds like you're a psychologist wow cam well you're telling us you don't even know what emotions are i'm just trying to help out here cam do
3: you have what is your what is your half hour wage if you don't mind me asking what what is that like, mean? how much do you charge for a half hour session oh oh not not very high cuz cuz has a very soothing voice a very pleasant demeanor a very a very pleasant disposition. And I think he would be someone that I would enjoy talking to if we were not colleagues about some of these emotional hurdles that you i yeah.
5: You've spent Cam the last maybe. couple of weeks calling me cranky, and now I'm the soothing voice who's going to help you through your emotions. I'm going to tell you something.
2: Mm. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I believe Cam is the heartthrob of ESPN Radio. He's tall, he's lanky, he's cool, he's emotional, he's got a big job here on Greenie. I think Cam, I don't know his personal life, I'm not asking his personal life. Hmm. But I think he's kind of the it guy you on ESPN think, Radio. You think he's
3: a big man on ESPN Radio's campus?
2: I think so. I think if we're all going to take a step back and actually acknowledge like what this is, mm. I think Cam's kind of the cool guy.
3: So, so when you were up there in Bristol yeah. a week or two ago, right, when, when for, for that in, the big symposium for which I was not invited, correct? You met Cam for the first time. Abnormally tall and. <laughs> And Abnormally,
5: so you're
2: like he's like very lanky. So his stature is. I'm not Joel Embiid or anything. You're, you, in my eyes, you are, and I'm pretty tall. So, so Tam, Cam, this is the third time I've called you
3: Tam. All right. <laughs> so Cam towers over you. Yeah. How did you find his his In-person personality though
2: It's it's one thing for his appearance To be greater than you might expect I think it's like He's like 1960s Would have like a cigarette Cowboy boots And like cool sunglasses I'm like Don Draper now No he's got like this Marlboro man Vibe to him A little
3: mysterious
5: Yeah
2: and he was wearing this cool Now I like the denim jacket um, so he's wearing this cool denim jacket with like a little fur on the top.
3: Is there a little intimidation there?
2: I was, I was like, wow. A lot of times in, in radio, at radio, I'm like the best looking guy around, which is not saying much.
3: Well, thank you very much.
2: Yeah. I, I, well, specifically <laughs> when I work with you. Um, but I think that there's Cam's got a hip hipness to him. Is that a word? A hipness? <laughs> no, it's a, not a word. A hypnosity? No. What? Well, I, <laughs> I don't know what you just said. Then you're getting hypnotized. I think, Cam, Cam's I think cool. hipness is a word. Cam's cool. Cam, let's just say, is not the guy that does a radio show with an art history book to balance a laptop. Which is what you have.
3: Right well, now. yeah, that's. I, I do need to find myself a reputable laptop stand. <laughs> I actually had
5: a fan, tweet, like an audience member, tweet at a me fan? why not my fan, like a fan of the show, tweet at me why Hembo is using an art history book as like a prop for his
3: laptop. <laughs> so people are noticing now. Yeah.
5: Okay, I
2: mean, so <laughs> it's just an enormous. It's probably a five hundred page. That is a huge textbook book that he uses during the show. So let's see
3: here. The, the book. The book is. Let's see here. The book is 1,100 pages. Oh, my god. I'm just going to open a random page and read the first thing that I see. Okay, okay go for it. Okay. At Hope 13, you don't curse like Tannenbaum. At 13, he was apprenticed to the painter Domencio del Girardagno, in whose workshop he learned the rudiments of fresco <laughs> painting and studied drawings <laughs> of classical monuments. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and this is more interesting to you probably than what Cam was wearing or anything like that, Oh, right? yeah. I mean, Cam's
3: just a person for whom I'm not interested in. This is actually <laughs> something that, could, uh, that I could learn from, and that could benefit me long
2: term.
5: I couldn't possibly pretend to be more interesting than Dementio, whoever he is on the <laughs> you, art history But book. do
2: you guys realize this conversation sparked from his Hembo's lack of comfort around talking about how a team is built – in factoring in human emotions right like the concept of what a person feels like when Patrick Mahomes is knocking on their door saying I want this to be done right and Cam's like so he just reads the art history book as this is happening
3: well I've never seen this tower before in Zimbabwe so here's the thing about people okay
2: (laughs) no I can't trust you about people you don't want to interact with them
3: I'm a people expert in large part because I can see them from afar That's why I'm not a big fan of Mike Tannenbaum using Patrick Mahomes' opinion about how to build his team if he's the GM of that
2: team. Now, I agree with you on that. I actually do agree. Like, I thought the idea that Max Crosby of the Raiders, who's a great player, was coming out and saying, I want to be traded if Antonio Pierce is not the head coach. Well, if I'm the Raiders, all right, I'll trade you. Ludicrous. Like, see ya. I don't care. Like, I'm going to do what's best for my organization in this spot. You asked me the question about how the key to the success of a dynasty, of any of these dynasties in sports and in football and how teams should approach the franchise tag today and free agency moving forward. It comes back to one, One simple sentence. Do you have a quarterback that can outperform his contract? Because if you do, you can find value elsewhere. Yeah.
3: So um in Tom Brady's six Super Bowl winning seasons in New England, he didn't have a top ten cap hit in the sport in any of those six seasons, which I would have as not a coincidence. And during that time, the entirety of his career in New England, nearly half of his earnings came from bonuses. Which is to say, I do think that the relationship between the quarterback and the front office is critical. Not, though, in terms of personnel input, necessarily. Although, a I partnership. think... partnership, Right. Like, how can we maximize our chances? I think Mahomes and the Chiefs have as good a chance to sort of pull that trick as anybody since Brady and Belichick.
2: Okay, so, and we're going to get to this, this interesting, which is interpersonal and human stuff that, that an NBA player said in a second here, but... Basically what you're saying, and I'm not mad at this, is the idea of if you have a superstar quarterback specifically, that a general manager has a meeting with that superstar quarterback going into free agency in the offseason and says, Hembo, here's the piece of paper. On this piece of paper is if you take twenty dollars this year, here's who we can get. Here's the piece of paper if you take eighteen dollars, here's who we can get. And here's the piece of paper if you take fifteen, here's what we can get. It's simple. I can get these people if you take this, those people if you get that. I'm cool with any dollar figure you take, mm. but understand what's around you if you don't. And, and the, don't and
3: the NFL is, is the one sport that a GM can actually like, hide behind the salary cap, honestly. Like, you can't really do that in basketball. You can't do that at all in baseball. But in the NFL, the Chiefs now and the Patriots previously have so nailed the way to use their salary cap and the way that they're going to craft their quarterback contract accordingly – and the Chiefs have a, a real chance based upon the fact that they just won the Super Bowl in what you and I both agree to be a down year. No, to no, actually no, 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 no. You and
2: agreed to that. I said this is actually how they should build the
3: team. No, 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 no. But what I was saying is this was the worst
2: of the six teams that they've had under Patrick Mahomes. I don't know that that's true. Really? Because their defense is better than it's ever been. Correct. And he's better than he's ever been. He's not more flashy, but he's better. He's just better. He's smarter. He knows against the Ravens. I'm not going to throw the ball much in the second half because ball control is actually the way we should go about this. Hmm. He is a better quarterback now than he was in year one. He's just not as flashy.
3: So I think there is both an art and a science to quarterback play. And though what you're saying is, despite the fact that his numbers dipped, he has has improved the art of playing quarterback to such an extent that, kind of like it felt with the second Patriots iteration of that dynasty, Brady... Over the course of four
2: quarters, just figured out how to beat you, no matter how we needed to. So here's what it is: Cam Newton as the game manager versus game changer. The greatest quarterbacks of all time are one thing to start and graduate into the other thing to end. Tom Brady was a game manager and graduated into a game changer. Hmm. Patrick Mahomes was a game changer, graduated into a game manager. You're both. Interesting. I it's don't think trans- maybe not graduated is the right word. You became both. The, the you ab- need to be both, and in that Ravens game, Mahomes was a game manager. So the, the ability.
3: Half not to be both necessarily but to be either is what you're saying.
2: Well, yes. Whatever the
3: game calls for. Correct. And Mahomes got there way faster than Brady did. Would you agree?
2: Uh, yeah, I th- because he had more of the skill initially right off the bat.
3: So when was Brady at his at his zenith as a player in your opinion? Towards the end or like more like the 2007 version, like that that Brady?
2: there uh, the uh, the suspended year.
3: So 2016. 2016. So he, so, but Mahomes is, is there
2: now. Yeah. See, but everybody thinks that the, the best year for Brady and it was statistically was the 17 or the eight eighteen 18 and no season. Right. 18 and one, excuse me. Oh, seven. I mean, they lost. I mean, they lost. And like, if you look at Brady, the, the biggest weapon that Brady, see, I think it's the same with Mahomes this, this past year, I think Brady was at his best when the defense had no idea where he was looking. So do you think if Tom Brady— Wait, but do you understand what I mean by this? I do know— Yes. When you have Randy Moss, it's easy to look in that direction. When you have Tyree Kill, it's easy to look in that direction. What if you have none of them? I have no idea where you're looking, and I know you're going to make the right decision.
3: So if Brady had played that Giants defense
2: in that game 10 years later, you think he would have won it? No doubt. No doubt. I actually think he could have won with lesser talent, as crazy as that sounds. Hmm if they're built a little bit differently, better up front, better, deep, whatever it may be, I think that these quarterbacks are so smart. And that's the, the commonplace is they can outperform their contract and they're just so smart. Greenie is presented by Progressive Insurance Drivers who switch and save. With Progressive, save nearly $750 on average. So what we're doing right now, Hembo, Evan Cohen, in for Greenie today, is having the conversation about the NFL offseason and what these teams could be that we had in the summer about the NBA and what those teams could be. And Damian Lillard going to the Milwaukee Bucks is one of the biggest moves that we saw, maybe the biggest move we saw over the summer, but obviously has not gone exactly according to plan, despite his all-star game MVP, his three-point contest win. But Damian Lillard was on TikTok. Uh, Nelson, the prodigy, um, I know that Hembo talks to him a lot, um, was asking him about his ideal current starting five.
1: If you could create your own starting five, what's your team? It would be me, LeBron, Steph, Kevin Durant, and I'm going to go with Bam out of bio.
2: What is so funny
3: there, Hembo? Sorry, that's the first time I heard that sound. Um, noticeably absent, his teammate, Giannis Antetokounmpo, unless I misheard him speak. No, you didn't. Well, chose, how would you have
2: misheard him? He said Steph, Kevin Durant, LeBron, and Bam.
3: Just because as he was rattling through names, I was waiting for him to say Giannis. I didn't hear it. And at the very end, he chose Bam Adebayo as his center.
2: Why does that surprise you?
3: Well, because... Not only should Giannis be on the team, but Giannis is his teammate.
2: Now, it could have been a Freudian slip. It could be nothing. It could be something. It's probably nothing. Or he could look at Giannis playing the same positions as Durant and LeBron, and he would rather Durant and LeBron and Bam play center, and Giannis technically does not. He could actually be looking at it positionally. Or we could actually take a step back Mm. and realize that part of the conversation over the summer about going to Miami was a little bit more nuanced than people think. I think people hear, I want to go play for the heat and think he wants to go from Portland, great city, to Miami, warm weather city, fun, etc. Or they could think about He knows he's not good defensively, and there's no organization that covers for bad defense more than Miami, and he also knows that when he's with Milwaukee, he's not going to be the best player on the team, and winning a championship as the second best player when you've never done it probably feels differently than winning a championship as the best player on the team, and I'm not sure he would have been the best player on Miami because I still would take Jimmy Butler in a big game over him as great his name is. I just am loyal to Jimmy as a Heat guy, but like, I think that there's more nuance to this, and I'm not concerned about the Bucks playing well this year based on any of these comments. I don't think there's any bad blood with Giannis and Dame. I do think there's a couple of things evolving, though, here. I think Giannis is having a tiny, tiny one-inch heel turn. I think that we're going to start to look at him differently because he allowed for Budenholzer to be fired. He suggested Adrian Griffin to be hired. He allowed for Adrian Griffin to be fired, and he allowed for Doc Rivers to be hired. And are we sure that Dame Lillard after this season isn't going to just say, hey, guys, you know, Amic will break up. Like, this just didn't work. Like, let's just go in our separate directions. Hmm.
3: Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, Um, I prep for
2: the show. (laughs)
3: Giannis is inarguably still one of the top five players in the NBA. And the Damian Lillard. (laughs) Not based on Dame. (laughs) Dame's opinion to me is not material here. Of course not. Although um, there's no... There's no credible argument that says right now that Giannis is not a top five player in the sport, obviously. Um, that, that being said, I would have at least some level of concern if I were a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks that this thing's not going to happen, at least not right away. Like, I've, I'm there now. If, if you require a midseason coaching change and the coach that you hire comes in, starts three and seven, and your offense basically implodes, if it's not a red flag, it's at least a yellow one. And Damian Lillard is not getting better because he's not getting younger. I did originally really like the fit because Dame's shot-making ability, especially in clutch time, is like the one thing that bedeviled the, the Bucks the last years, a couple years in the playoffs since winning the championship. But there's so much more to the game than that. And part of me wonders if, in the end... It's not the ideal pairing, especially considering Lillard is on the wrong side of 30.
2: All right, we can continue that conversation, NBA conversation, as well as NFL free agency, of course, with the um, day-to-day starting out the franchise tag, where teams can franchise tag players. But of course, we do have sneaky hemboats. We tribute. do. So my question today... It's not art history trivia, is, is it? It's not. Okay, um,
3: that, that'll be for General Knowledge Wednesday,
2: Oh.
3: Okay. Uh, which we're getting uh, sponsored, presumably. Which quarterback did Belichick and Brady beat in the playoffs
2: the most times? That's your question. Which quarterback did Belichick and Brady beat in the playoffs the most times? We will have that answer coming up. It is Greeny, along with Hembo, Evan Cohen, in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know we're big fans of BetterHelp in all the ways it can help people with their mental health. And this year has gone quickly. And so I'd like you to think about something that you're proud of in 2024 so far. Think about what you would be proud of. What's something you still want to accomplish this year? And when life goes fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate those wins. And therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months, for the rest of the year, so you can look back on the rest of the year the way that you have this past year to know that it went the way that you wanted. And therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I urge you, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So take a moment for you. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny.
4: For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, As well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI. To connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Greeny, the podcast.
2: It's Greeny here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Hembo. Evan Cohen in for Greeny today. ESPN Bet is now live as the official sportsbook of ESPN ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities like Greeny and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all of your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play must be 21 plus and present in slight states gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
3: Wow. Okay. And how are your trivia skills?
1: This is sneaky himbo trivia, regular sneaky or extra sneaky. Oh,
3: Extra sneaky today. I'm glad you asked. My question is this, which quarterback did Belichick and Brady beat in the playoffs the most times?
2: Okay, you want me to go first? I would like you to go last. Okay. As a, as, a, right. as a resident
3: Patriot fan, I think you are likeliest to get this correct.
2: I don't know about that.
3: Um, let's, let's go to Bristol. Uh, Nate, why don't you kick us off?
2: I will go
5: with... He called you Nate. <laughs> You're not even going to acknowledge that? It's my first day on the show. I don't really have a place to start
2: correcting Oh, oh I'm sorry. No. no, his name's Nick. Nick. Nick, Nick Nate. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'll go with... Wait. No, no, no. Hold on a second. I didn't realize who was back there. You are not one to talk. I met him last week. And? He, the first thing he said to me was, can you get up? The first Literally, thing he said. Cam was right there. I went in to go talk to oh, Cam. Oh, yeah. I was that there for this. Yeah, And I, he's like, can you move? And I was like, really? To the face
3: I, of ESPN radio? I, I was more
2: polite than that. Uh, no, you were not. I think I said, please. Cam, can you back me up on this? I, I don't even
5: in- know if he said anything. He might have just gestured for you to move. Like,
2: he, he, this guy was disgusted with me.
5: Go ahead, Neil. What's your guess? <laughs> and then I said, hey, Nick, this is Evan. And he was like, oh, nice to meet I you. I know who Evan is. Right. Noah, go.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers.
5: Philip Rivers, you're on the record. Cam, who is your guess? Philip Rivers is also my guess. All right, I so, think it's two, three. I think it's three.
3: All right, so Nehemiah and Cam are both going with Philip Rivers. Jack and Brandon have both texted me. Ben Roethlisberger, who are I you going with, Evan? Those are both good guesses. I actually am going to go with Peyton Manning. All right, so one Manning, two Roethlisbergers, two Rivers. The correct answer is. Philip Rivers. Wow. Woo! Okay. Good guys win. Philip Rivers went 0-3 against Belichick and Brady in the playoffs. Roethlisberger went 0-2. Peyton Manning, let me pull up the whole uh, wins and losses ledger here. Peyton Manning went 3-2 and against Belichick and Brady. Isn't now, that crazy? In the playoffs. That he had a winning record against them? Well, because them? he
2: got the Broncos win in the AFC Championship. Twice, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. We
3: only, We. only. I best remember his early losses to them and don't, Often enough, remember that he wound up, wound up turning it around.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, is, is Niall gonna really argue that he was nice to me? Uh, Cam, this is actually now bothering me. Very you bizarre. did not tell me that this was the same person yeah. that was horrible to me. Last I week. had
5: forgotten this happened, but he was definitely not nice to you.
2: I mean, literally, Cam and I are sitting there having like a legit work conversation, life conversation. This guy walks in and like tries to kick me out of ESPN radio. I work here. I do a thousand shows a day. Thankfully, the idea for that me here.
3: the idea that Norm would have the audacity to do that, honestly, strikes me as a disqualifying characteristic and such. I am striking your Philip Rivers guess from the record. It will not count towards the scoreboard. Can good,
2: good. I'm good. just trying to help the overall product of our network. And you were just in the one seat you couldn't be in. I'm it's sorry. True. What? Nixon, you were,
5: you were sitting in the chair that he had to, you know, do his work on. I think he could have been a little nicer, though, for sure. I
2: believe I said, please. I wouldn't. I'm a very nice. Nabil, stop.
5: Stop. Let's move
3: on. See how many end names you can
2: come up with. <laughs> should we get this guy fired? I'm not even kidding.
3: You think we should fire Neo? Yeah. What do hmm. you think? I mean, at this point, he's not acquitted himself. Well, <laughs> you he, think he, he's, on, he's on the wrong side of Evan Cohen, a very powerful, a heavy hitter at ESPN radio.
2: Are on the right side of jokes? trivia, though. Fat jokes. <laughs> heavy? Why do I have to be heavy? A heavy hitter. Way. Okay, and we're going to move it's a figure on. figure of speech. We're going to move on from Norm. All right, you know, we mentioned the Patriots. The Dynasty episodes uh, uh, one and two are out. Have you seen them? I've not. Okay. Um, they're really good. I think we're going to ignore a couple of things in this because people want to do the Brady versus Belichick and not the Brady and Belichick. A lot of it is Brady and Belichick. But I was thinking about this. Oddly enough, the Dynasty as it relates to the Dallas Cowboys. I know that is a weird transition, and and it will come off as, oh, it's ESPN. Everybody wants to talk about the Cowboys. No, I really was thinking about this. You know what the Dallas Cowboys have become is a reality show as it's going on. And you think about what you actually want to be as a franchise in sports. You want to be a documentary after it's done, not a reality show when it's happening. (laughs) I like this. Because the Dynasty documentary on the Patriots is years after it's done. The Last Dance is 20-plus years after it's done. The Golden State Warriors at some point will have a documentary about them. The Kansas City Chiefs at some point will have a documentary about them. What the Dallas Cowboys seem to be is a reality show as it goes on with Jerry Jones and Micah Parsons and others constantly adding to the conversation. And ultimately, your goal as a sports franchise is for you to finish up a run you have with other players and coaches and organizationally and say, you know what? They're going to make a documentary about this, Hmm. not they're going to make a reality show about us.
3: (laughs) I like this. I like this theory. How how would you respond to people that say something to the effect of, where are you on Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey, teams that got to the Super Bowl in each of the last two years, won the last two Super Bowls in the Chiefs case? Why are we going to be selective in how we choose to care
2: how athletes peddle their podcasts and do media? One person. One person from each of those teams. Brothers that are going into the Hall of Fame. How many brothers in the NFL are going into the Hall of Fame? Just them. Okay, ever? Maybe the Watts. Okay, maybe the so Watts. We're, right, and they did a they did a, a tag reality show, right? A, they, on Fox, I want to say. I'm the wrong guy to not ask not a reality about show, that. but they did a game show um, on on Fox. Unique, one of a kind. Okay, something different. Mm. Owner and general manager speaking a lot. Star players speaking a lot. Adding the Demarcus Lawrence saying that we were tired. Bizarre. Guinness. There's just a lot of reality show drama. Sure, there's, there's, there's exceptions to the rule, let's say, but do you not think that there's going to be a documentary about the Kansas City Chiefs? There will be a documentary one day about Jerry Jones, not about the Dallas Cowboys. There's a big difference in this case. That The dynasty and the last dance, and I guarantee you, whoever is making the documentary about the Chiefs and the Warriors already knows, and they already have an agreement with whoever is involved in that. That is already done, if I had to bet. The reality is that we are living in a reality show with the Dallas Cowboys where every single day on our network, we are playing different pieces of audio discussing what they have said next. My
3: question for you is this, though, because this is a 5-13 and 13 team in the playoffs since they last won the Super Bowl. But is that the only measure of success for an NFL owner?
2: Because Jerry Jones happens to reside over the most valuable franchise in sports. Great question. So... When Michael Jordan was the majority governor of the Charlotte Hornets, a friend of mine who was involved in uh, media slash basketball, I said, I can't, as somebody that loves Jordan, I can't believe that Jordan hasn't had this level of success that I mm. anticipated that he would have. And that person said to me, How do you know how he defines success? I said, What do you mean? He said, This is a guy that won six championships as a player. Success may just be what he ultimately gets the team to be purchased for, the money part of it. Michael Jordan, I don't believe ever came out as the owner of the majority governor of the Hornets and kept saying, We want to we win multiple championships. Jerry Jones said that constantly. So, if you're going to say that the measure of success for Jerry Jones is finance, then he's not telling the truth. Well, I think that's very possible. But he is clearly going to make an insane amount of money if he were to ever sell that team. And his presence with the Dallas Cowboys has created insane value by way of finances. That has never been the, the stated goal. Of Jerry Jones. It's always been about winning championships. And their ent- his entire run has been a reality show, not a documentary.
3: Right. It's fascinating. I mean, this is a... If uh, no, when,
2: when Nick says this stuff to yeah. us in our ear, do we listen to him? I, I'm Because I, he's saying stuff to us. I'd like to ignore this guy. I'd like to ignore Nick. Yeah.
3: I'd like to ignore Nate. I'd like to ignore Norm. I'd like to ignore Nehemiah. I'd like to ignore, ignore them all. Neymar. <laughs> Neymar. <anymore.
2: laughs> now you've taken it too far. <laughs> I've taken it too far. It's Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance.
1: Thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at ten Eastern on ESPN Radio, or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also, catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at eight on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast.